Hey guys, welcome to the Bow Hunting Soul podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm running uh, solo today. And uh, what I wanted to get into today is uh, this episode is going to be about hog hunting. Um, I know we're still kind of winding up the uh, the deer season here in a lot of states. Uh, it is just after Christmas as I'm recording this. And, um, uh, and, and I'll do like a longer uh, kind of season wrap up lessons learned, that kind of thing, uh, podcast, uh, in, in, a, you know, in a, in a little bit future here, but today I just kind of wanted to get into, uh, some other activities that kind of took place in between, uh, deer hunting for me and, uh, you know, just, uh, kind of things that were going on in my life that, uh, um, was a little bit of a, not a distraction, but a little bit of a, a detour from, um, a nice detour in, in a good way from, uh, from, from deer hunting. Now, like I said, it's a little bit after Christmas right now. And, um, I am still deerless. I haven't shot anything. I've only had a couple, uh, I've, I've only had really one opportunity that I talked about, uh, the one time kind of mid season ish when I was coming down the, the tree and I had that encounter with that buck at, uh, at, at dark, it was still technically legal shooting light. Um, if you remember, but it was just too dark to shoot. That's why I was coming, coming down. The thing was about 10 yards away. Uh, that's really the only real opportunity I've had uh, for deer. I've had a couple other opportunities where they were close-ish, but I got busted a few times. Um, one was um, a bunch of does. Uh, one I kind of tracked. I was kind of tracking them, and, and I knew the tracks were relatively fresh, and I was just going a little bit too fast. And uh, I spooked them, or they, yeah, I, I spooked them before I got close enough to see them. And then I saw them, of course, running off. And then uh, another time, I, I I bumped a deer going into a location where I, I know they're I know where they're bedded, I know where they're hiding, I know where they're they're hanging out. It's just there's been other hunters in there, other pressure. And uh, I could see a couple of them, you know, a couple of does milling around, but they never got close enough, um, uh, you know, in that one particular spot. So anyway, uh, I am sitting here, like I said, after Christmas, I'm deerless. Uh, our season ends on the 31st, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get out any more, any more times. It's the 20, what is this? I'm recording on this on a Saturday, Saturday evening. So our season ends on the Tuesday and I head back out of town uh, on Wednesday. So kind of segueing into that I wanted to uh, to break up this uh, uh, like my, my deer season kind of thing with an episode on on, on hog hunting now um, the way I'm gonna come at this is I'm just gonna come at this from my point of view from the experience that I have uh, some takeaways some lessons learned what you know what seems to work for me what doesn't work for me the highs the lows uh, that kind of thing I will also say that all of these with the exception of I'm gonna say one maybe two times uh all of my hog hunting has been down in florida and has been at places where it's like basically it's like a pay-to-play kind of ranch where it's an over a feeder or uh you know in an enclosed area or something like that uh, most of them have been um technically free range but i mean these 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 pigs are habituated because there's feeders so uh, there's no fences in one particular place i go but um uh, you know the, the 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 hogs have been pretty much habituated to come and hang out you know at the feeder and you know it's really not you know depending on what your definition of fair chase is um it's it's really not mine it's more one of those things where it's a fun thing to do and uh, i know i ta- had an episode about ethics a while back and uh you know this kind of plays into that you know for me i don't think i'd want to shoot deer 
over uh, over a feeder. But I have no problem shooting pigs over a feeder. Would I rather do it in fair chase and you know chase them? Yep, I have, and, I, and I've 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 chased them, uh, you know, free you know free range on uh, WMAs down in Florida with my buddy. No luck there, but most of the pigs I've shot, and I've probably shot, I think like 10 to 12 pigs at this point, have been, with the exception of uh, one, one recovery, and I'll get to the uh, the two non-recoveries later, uh, they've all been with a rifle of some sort. And the last one I shot was with my compound. I, I did like a quickie YouTube video. I kind of cobbled it together. It wasn't meant to be a video. And I just got some footage and clips and stuff off my phone that I kind of cobbled together that you might want to see. Um, nothing super exciting, but... Uh, I will put that out on YouTube, but, um, you know, I, I guess we can kind of start from the beginning. I, you know, every, I've, I've told everybody, you know, that listens to the show uh, that I work for a race team, and we pretty much end up down in Daytona, or, or at least in Florida, a couple times a year, but we end up uh, either going, like, towards, uh, like, Sebring or West Palm Beach, um, which are kind of close-ish to, like, the Okeechobee area. And then we also end up going to Daytona once a year. Um, and depending on where you go, there are kind of outfitters down there, quote unquote outfitters, that is, you know, they're basically pay to play. And they're anywhere from like, you know, 175 bucks to some of these places range like $450 for quote unquote trophy hogs. Um which I find a little a little ridiculous, but uh, you know it, it's 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 whatever you want to pay. It's whatever you want to you know want to get out of it. And there's plenty of places down there. There's plenty of places down there to go. Uh, if like I said, uh, like different WMAs that kind of thing. But the the seasons they have down there for them are are are, are varied. There are a lot of WMAs, but each one of those WMAs has different seasons, different regulations, different rules. It's uh, it's kind of a quagmire sometimes, uh, trying to try to figure out and make sure that you're 100% legal, 100% legit with um, you know with with where you are and when you're allowed to hunt and what you're allowed to hunt with. So um, I'm gonna leave the the public land thing to uh, maybe another podcast or, you know, to, to other people. Because, I mean, lots of people have done, you know, done this kind of stuff. Uh, they've probably done podcasts on that kind of stuff. Uh, I've only gone a, a couple few times with uh, with my buddy. We went basically like for the day or for the afternoon. Um, it was very, very cheap, actually. Uh, Out-of-state uh, hunting licenses in Florida. I don't know the prices right now, honestly. But at the time, you can get like a five-day temporary hunting license and a WMA access uh, permit fee basically and then you pay for um, the weapon that you're going to use and all told all of that was like under 90 bucks okay for you to go and and, and be able to harvest a deer basically too because we went during deer uh, actually I'm not sure if we went during yes we did we did go during deer season but uh, we went for hogs and then you pick up like a deer tag for like an extra two bucks or five bucks or something like that now I know they changed the regulations this past year um, the lottery system and the uh, the the, um, the how many bucks you're allowed to shoot and uh, does and that kind of stuff all that's kind of changed but for the sportsman that wants to go and hang out down in Florida and just kind of go it on your own uh, to some of these WMAs and some of the popular ones. I'm not giving out anything that's earth shattering. Like there's a green swamp. There's um, oh god, uh, Rich Loam. They're all kind of like kind of close together. Those are the those are the ones that that I've been to. Those are the really popular ones. I'm not giving away any secrets here because everybody and their brother goes down there. Now I'm going to tell you those places are big, and uh, depending on when you go. 
uh, be careful. I'm just going to say be careful. There's a lot of local yokels down there. I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody from Florida, but uh, there is a lot of like backcountry, let's say, gooberism going on. And, uh, you know, just, just basically watch yourself because, uh, you, you know, you, you can take a wrong turn and get yourself into trouble sometimes. Uh, make sure you know where you are. Make sure you know how to get out. And, um, you know, the locals are locals, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. But if you want to go to uh, somewhere else where you just want to have the opportunity to kind of hang out, have an easy quote-unquote hunt, and I'm going to call it a hunt uh, for the purposes of this podcast. You can call it whatever you want. It can be meat gathering. It can be, you know, I, a lot of times I call it pick your pork, you know, because it's kind of akin to uh, going to a fancy restaurant, looking in the big fish tank and saying, yeah, I want that lobster. And they pluck that lobster for you and then it shows up on your plate kind of thing. So um, pick your pork, you know, they'll show up um, and you got to get to kind of pick and choose the, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) whichever hog kind of comes out. It's not necessarily that easy, but a lot of places do run like that. so going back to the beginning, I guess, like I said, uh, the very first hog hunting trip I took down there is um, I went to a place called Out West Farms, and that's near uh, Okeechobee, and I believe they're still in business. And that one is a, um, and I'm only going to mention the ones that I've been to. Um because those are the ones I've experienced with. There's a couple of the names that I've forgotten for a couple of the other places I've been to. But anyway, this place was called Out West Farms. And, you know, you go, you book your hunt. <clears throat> I think it's like, I don't know, in the $300 range, something like that. And this place was pretty cool because they take you out on like um, uh, these huge jacked up like monster truck, like swamp buggies. I mean, like, you know, you need a ladder to get up into this thing. The tires are, you know, like tractor tires, basically. And... um so you go, you have kind of like a like a time that you're supposed to show up, and uh, they basically uh, put you on this big buggy and they drive you around, and you try to find uh, try to find a pig, try to get close to it, and then you're trying to shoot from there. Now, most of these places will let you do pretty much anything you want. You can shoot them with a gun, uh, you know, rifle, handgun. You can shoot them with a bow. You can uh, spear some of them. You can do like like not you know like hand to hand combat, like uh, stabbing you know kind of thing. I've I've never done that. Don't really have a desire to do that. A little too personal for me. But um, so I went down there and I went down there with my uh, uh, it was a Winchester 94. Uh, clone, right? And I think it was a, I can't, actually, no, that was like a Winchester 94 Ranger. It was like their little entry level, like kind of crappy model. And uh, I had some, some, it's a 3030, and I had some hand loads for this thing with cast bullets, pretty light. They're only going about 16, 1650 feet per second, something like that. So, um, yeah, I went down there thinking this would be more than enough. And, uh, well, I had a great time. Uh, let's just, let's just say it that way. I did get my, I did get my pig. However, um, when, hang on, I'm going to pause this real quick. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, this thing was kind of beeping at me. So, um, anyway, so, uh, I showed up at this one place and, uh, you know, the guy kind of, it was kind of midday. Guy took me out. Now, it, it, it's fun adventure for, uh, just for the adventure part of it. Cause you're getting a ride around on the swamp buggy that not many people, I guess, you know, get a chance to experience kind of thing. And you're driving over everything. I mean, you can drive over anything with this thing. And it's, uh... It, it, it's you know we're only you're on like basically like four wheel low and you're crawling over stuff but it, it's pretty cool so we drove around for like a couple hours or whatever didn't really see anything and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm kind of cutting the store short here but all of a sudden I see off in the distance uh, this black blob 
and this black blob is kind of walking, fast walking along, and then we're looking around like, is that a pig? And he's like, yep. So we wheel this thing around, and we go after this thing. Now, you're basically, the way this thing is set up is it looks like a big, it's got like a big deck on it that's sitting on like a monster truck chassis. So it's kind of like a boat. Um, you're almost like sitting on the bow of a, of a moving boat trying to go and shoot. So we're trying to get close to this thing. Uh, heading it off and uh, we get close enough and uh, I get to maybe like 30 40 yards or something like that and then of course like I said you're trying to sh- like trying to shoot off the 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 bow of you know off the deck of a moving boat <clears throat> it's a little bit tough but uh, you're going pretty slow and boom I shoot and this is a decent sized hog and it hits the sh- it hits right behind the shoulder I see the dust fly off of it's like you know dusty kind of dirty body uh, doesn't really make it flinch a whole lot. I knew that shot was really good. Take another shot. Take another shot. I hit it, uh, hit it in the ass. It kind of wheels around a little bit and it, and it runs off and it runs off into these palmettos. And I'm like, good Lord, how, you know, why, how is this thing not, not going down? So then, uh, we, 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 we kind of track it across this fence line, not a fence line, but like almost like a, like a hedgerow kind of thing before it gets really, really thick into these palmettos. And, uh, we get off, we get off this thing. Now we got to track this thing on foot. And these things, of course, this is my very, very first hawk hunt. I don't know what to expect. I've heard all the horror stories about like, they'll charge you, they'll slice you up the, to, you know, um, the, you know, they can be mean, that kind of stuff. We're going to get in that little, in a little bit later, but at this point, you know, it was my first time. I know I've got a good shot on this thing. I know I've also got, you know, shot it in the ass and, um, this thing's still not dead. And so we, we kind of track this thing a little bit. And of course, there's like lots of other hogs there and you can hear them and we're getting close to this one and, uh, it, you know, we, we can hear grunting and snorting and stuff kind of, uh, off to, let's say like a two, two thirty position. And, uh, the guy that was with me, uh, and, and of course the, the one we're after is about like our 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock position. And the guy that was with me says, all right, he goes, you hear those, those other ones? I said, yep. He said, if they charge, shoot them. He said, I'm not going to charge you for him. And I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, shit's getting real now. So anyway, long story short, uh, the one we're after kind of, and uh, it pops out and it faces me, right? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So it faces me at about, I don't know, 15 yards. I have my gun up, boom, I put one, I put one right in its head, straight, right, right in the center of the, of the skull. It drops straight to the ground. I get up to it. The thing is still kind of alive. It's like kind of half like blinking up at me. Point blank range right behind the ear with my 30-30. Boom. Finally, this thing is done. Uh, Long story short, this thing uh, is about 120 to 130 pounds. It was a really big one. Nice boar. Uh, I mean, uh, big, big from some of these places. You're you're actually going to, you know, uh, go to do these kind of hunts. Okay. Um, About 120, 130 pound boar. And, uh, it took a lot, it took a lot of killing and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to have to, to, to step up the horsepower here uh, on the gun the next time I, I do this because my little dinky kind of plinking load, which I thought would be more than enough with, you know, my little cast bullets and, you know, like a light load. Cause cause I hand load, I reload for, uh, for, for my rifles and everything like that too. Um, it just wasn't going to cut it. I quickly realized that these suckers are tough. And, uh, even with a, you know, shot through, uh, the rib cage. And by the way, when we, uh, I still have these bullets when we, uh, autopsied this thing, 
um, I recovered two of the bullets. One of them is a beautiful, perfect mushroom that was caught on the offside. It went right through the rib cage. Uh, another one is, uh, and these are cast bullets. And another one, actually, you can tell where it hit a rib, and it's almost like split in two. It's got like a nice kind of cleave down the middle. Um, and but but it did penetrate into into the chest cavity. So those are the two that I actually did recover. I didn't recover the one out of the ham because I think it kind of went in and kind of went out just in front of the uh, the rear ham. But um, yeah, I mean this thing took like what one two three four five five shots five shots before it actually finally expired. I'm like good lord, these suckers are tough. This was a mean ugly ugly one too. It was all black. It was kind of muddy and kind of wet and you know, um, which kind of adds to the whole. Uh, I don't say mystique or, 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 you know, experience or whatever, but, um, so then what they do, of course, when you go to these places is you can, of course, opt to have them butchered for you. Most places do. Some places charge a fee, some places don't. And, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of hang it up, they skin it and gut it. And then, you know, you bring a cooler with some ice and you throw the meat and they basically uh, quarter it for you. So you got your ribs, you got your, uh, you know, rear quarters, you got uh, the back straps, uh, tenderloins if they're, you know, um, you know big enough, and uh, your, your front shoulders. So you put all that stuff in your cooler and then off you go. So that was my very first introduction into, uh, into hog hunting. It was pretty exciting. It was only like a few hours. Most of these things only take about a few hours. Um, it's not, you can pay for like, you know, full half day stuff or full all day stuff, but most of these things, they kind of, it's, some of them are kind of like a revolving door. They kind of, um, you know, they kind of get you in and out, um, you know, to, from some of these places and it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever, everywhere, everywhere kind of runs, uh, runs a little bit differently. But the one that, that one that I did, it was a ton of fun. And, uh, that, yeah, so that I basically had like a cooler full of meat and, uh, Next thing to do, of course, is to keep that thing iced down, cooled down, or frozen. I was able to keep it cooled down and put it uh, put it in the truck, you know, in our uh, in our semi that was about to head home. Um, and you know, once you know, if, if you if you put um, if you keep it on ice or if you keep it on uh, uh, dry ice, okay, which will freeze that meat and keep it frozen, you're fine, okay. And we'll, I'm going to get into a little bit about uh, meat care and, and how to get the stuff home. So. Um, so that was, uh, so that was basically my first experience and it's certainly not my last. Okay. So after that first, uh, kind of hog hunting, um, experience, hog hunting trip, I kind of had a better feel for how these things are. It was still pretty exciting to me. It was still pretty, you know, new to me. And, uh, I, I mean, it definitely does get your, get, get your blood pumping, whether it's quote unquote free range or not. Um, it all adds a little bit of uh, element of, of excitement because, um, a lot of it has to do with the hype. A lot of it has to, has to do with the hype that you hear on TV uh, or on other podcasts or people talking about it. And you're going to hear everything from, man, these things are just benign. They, uh, they'll hang out at a feeder. They're harmless. They're fine. They're more scared of you. All the way to they will slice and dice you and they will eat you. Right? I mean, literally like attack you and uh, slice and dice and eat you. Well, um, having done this a bunch of times, um, I'm going to say that the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, a lot of them want nothing to do with you, whether a big or small, you know, a lot of them will kind of run away. You can hear them run away. They'll crash through the, you know, through the palmettos and stuff. Um, but some of them do get mean and some of them, uh, do charge. Now I personally have not been actually charged 
buy any of these. I've had some kind of kind of come up and turn around and kind of you know stand their ground and snort and snarl at you kind of thing, but I've never actually had one charge. Um, but I've been around and talked to enough of the outfitters and 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 and, and gotten honest re- replies and honest responses from from these guys because um, they do like to hype it up. They do hype, like to hype up like the danger you know aspect of it, you know, because you're paying good money to do this, and they want you to feel like you're going on like a little mini you know dangerous game hunt kind of thing. And it's part of the mystique. It's part of the thrill, you know, if you will, of of, of hog hunting. And they do like, in some places, do like to play that up. They miss, they'll come after you. You know, be careful. You know, it'll cut you up. And you know, if you get one down, you're really doing something kind of thing. Well, okay, yes and no. But when you actually do talk to them, um, you do get real actual stories of like guys, you know, that have been charged, that have been gashed, uh, that. Um, you know, everything from, you know, hey, they went down with a simple, uh, you know, 223 to, uh, you know, I shot this thing at like 10 yards in the head with a 4570 and it bounced off their skull. Um, true, you know, as far as I, as far as I believe them, true stories, because I've pretty much heard it all from a bunch of different people who have, have no reason to lie about that kind of stuff. And if you listen to the, one of the TradQuest episodes, I can't remember what episode it was, but it was with Sterling Holbrook, I believe, um, you know, listen to his account of getting charged and attacked by, uh, you know, by, by, by an angry pig too. I mean, these things will slice and dice you. And as I'm recording this, just a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Ago, there was a lady in Texas that uh, got killed by by uh, a wild boar. Um, just getting out of her car, she got attacked. Um, speculation, I don't know, it's all kind of speculation uh, about that. But anyway, so these things will attack. And a, a sow, by the way, protecting her piglets uh, is probably one of the most dangerous things you can do. Just like any other, you know, like a sow bear uh, protecting her cubs. A sow, you know, any, any, you know, a mama anything protecting her baby anything is going to be really, really dangerous. So um, they do have sharp teeth, a lot of them. They can attack, yes. Um, but a lot of times, you know, the, the thrill of some of the stuff is kind of uh, walking around through these, like, Palmettos, a lot of times it's dark, you know, like either early morning or late afternoon or early evening, that kind of thing. And you can't see them. I mean, like 130, 140, even bigger uh, pound, you know, beast is basically like completely hidden in, you know, like this, this palmetto um, um, plant or thicket, whatever, you know, and, and the plant is really like no bigger than like your, your average small coffee table. And these things can disappear. So... If you're gonna go on a spot and stock kind of a uh, kind of hunt for, uh, for for wild pigs, then yeah, I mean it can it, it can be pretty tough. It can be pretty tough finding them. It can be pretty tough. Um, uh, you know, if you if you shoot one and try to track one. You know, um, it's it, it's not necessarily easy. So even the ones that come to a feeder, uh, if you don't put them down right away and then you have to track these things, you know, tr- tracking a wounded one, well, that can get a little sporty as well. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. So um, I have taken friends. Um, I've, I've taken friends and co-workers and stuff who've never gone hog hunting before. They've been hunting before, but never hog hunting before. And, you know, after about like the dozen or eighth time or whatever that I'd gone, I'd kind of been a little bit jaded about it. Like, okay, you know, you go, it's kind of fun to do, shoot your pig, come back with delicious, delicious meat. I mean, I, I love, I love hog meat, but I could see it in their eyes and in their excitement. Like, you know, I try to kind of temper that down a little bit. Like, Hey guys, it's not, you know, it's, it's not as, you know, you know, wild and, um, Western as you think it is. 
is, you know, but they had a blast. And, and I remember looking, you know, watching their reaction when, when they did it and they shot their pigs and stuff. And even before they went to the blinds and, and things like that, um, just how excited they were. And it's, it's definitely, you know, if just do it once, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you and that's fine. But I mean, even if it's like I said, a pay to play over a feeder kind of thing, just go and do it. Um, if you have, you know, any interest in doing it, I would say go ahead and do it because you know, it, it's going to be fun. So I'm going to skip ahead uh, several years. You know, I, I did a couple others. Uh, some, some places are uh, a lot smaller fence, that kind of stuff. You know, some of them you just feel like really like even dirty, just kind of doing it. You know, you're like, okay, all right, I'm here. I'm paying my, it's cheap and I want some meat and you just basically go and kill whatever. Um, a couple times I did uh, spot and stock at a couple places. Um, I can't really remember exactly how to get a hold of those people, or else I would, or haven't had a chance to be able to get a hold of those people. But uh, there, you know, there, there's there's lots of places down there that are kind of uh, that kind of pop up and go away, if you will. And I'm not saying they're all shady. It's just a lot of times somebody will know somebody who has some land, and they'll you know start running hog hunts off the property, and um, you know then that will that whole deal will kind of go away. So you just kind of kind of look around. But like the bigger ones that have been around for a long time. Um, are, are, are going to be there. So you can look into some uh, outfitting services, guide services, that kind of thing. So the one that I've been going to the most often, uh, I've been there probably about, I'm going to say half a dozen, um, you know, yeah, a little more than half a dozen, six, eight times, something like that, uh, is a place called uh, um, uh, uh, West, was it West Coast Outfitters. I'm going to double check. I'm going to pause this and I'm going to double check that. Nope. Okay, I'm back. It is West Shore Outfitters. West Shore Outfitters. They are down uh, just kind of southwest of Daytona Beach. Um, about, probably about 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from there. Uh, the, and they... I think they, they, they offer a bunch of other hunts too. They'll do like deer, they'll do turkey, that kind of stuff. But they really run through a lot of hog hunters. I've been there for, uh, you know, like I said, multiple years. Always shot stuff there. And I've shot pigs from, you know, using anything, like I said, from my 30-30, I, I kind of upgraded the ammo to, uh, you know, instead of using my, um, my homemade... Um, uh, lightweight loads to uh, like a Winchester 150 grain, you know, um, you know, store-bought ammo. Uh, I've used my 30-06, uh, which again, I hand load for this one too. And I, that one's like 130 grain um, uh, TTSX, uh, Barnes TTSX bullet. That thing's like a lightning bolt. And a lot of these, you're shooting them in the head or you're shooting them right at the base of the neck kind of thing behind the ear. Uh, I've shot one, I've shot them with my 8mm Mauser. Again, hand loads, 170 grain uh, round nose. So a, a lot of these things can be taken with, with pretty much any weapon. Uh, as long as you get a shot, a clean shot, either, well, they, what they really want you to do a lot of these places is get a headshot on them. Um, again, we're talking rifles here. Most of these places want headshots on these things because they, uh, you know, it, it's really swampy uh, depending on how, how, you know, how rainy the rainy season has been or how you know the, the past few weeks have been and if some of these things you know get shot and they kind of run away if they tip over into a swamp or if they tip over into you know like like a big puddle or, or i'm going to call it a puddle but um it's 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 really swampy a lot of stuff's underwater uh some of it's you know up to your knees underwater you're never going to find them 
So uh, they really want you to take, you know, careful, careful aim with the rifle, shoot it right at the base of the skull or right behind the ear, and they just want to basically just lights out, boom, the thing's down and dead, you know, done, over with kind of thing. And like I so like I said, I've, I've shot everything from my 30-30 to um, an AR-15 to um, a 30-06 to an 8mm Mauser, um, <clears throat> really whatever you're comfortable with, okay? You don't need... Uh, after having said, you know, the, the story about like a forty-five seventy bouncing off this thing's skull, I mean, that can happen with, with pretty much anything, okay? So the best thing to do if you're going to take any kind of rifle down there and hunt with a rifle is to take the gun that you're absolutely the most comfortable with and you can put that bullet exactly where you need it, you know, at the base of the skull, right behind the ear, through the eye, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat kind of thing. So, um, anyway, getting back to uh, this uh, West Shore Outfitters, uh, I've been there for several years, and they've got, um, you know, d different stands set up, basically. Some of them are elevated box blinds, some of them are, like, ladder stands, uh, some of them are a couple ground blinds they even have, and uh, after years of taking... Uh, 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 you know, hogs on there with with rifles and stuff. I kind of got and got got bored of that. I'm like, okay, I wanna I wanna up the ante a little bit here. I want a little more of a challenge, and I wanted a bow hunt. Now, the first time I took my um, uh, bow, and this was a recurve. I wanted to shoot one with a recurve. Is I wasn't as proficient with the recurve as I am now. Um, and this was like three years ago. I took my recurve down there. And um, this is my Kodiak Magnum. It's a 40-pound Kodiak Magnum. I was, you know, really good shooting it. And uh, they took me to, I said, look, I need to get close. I need to get like 10 yards close, okay? Because a lot of these uh, shots you're going to take that you're going to find are probably about 20 yards away, 18 to 20 yards away from the feeder. Um, but I'm like, look, I need, I need to be like sub-15, like closer to 10 yards would even be better. So they put me in the stand that was like barely 8 feet in the air, and they said, okay, uh, you know, we can do this one. It was, over, it was overlooking the feeder, and um, long story short, with that one, I, I was looking to get my very first uh, kill with a recurve bow. I have not, had not shot anything with a recurve bow. This pig, um, well, he... he Here's the problem with pigs. They never stop moving, okay? Before we get into my uh, my, my botched shot, uh, I'm giving a spoiler here. It was a botched shot, and I didn't recover the pig. But pig pigs never stop moving, um, which is why they prefer you to shoot them with a rifle, as, at least at least in at these places, because what they don't want to do is the guides don't want to sit there and get into a long tracking job because you botched a shot or you or you hit it too far back or you didn't get you know um, you know the, the proper whatever because even if their bodies aren't moving and they usually are the heads are never stop moving they're always moving because they're always rooting down and forward down and forward and up down and forward and up it's kind of like a reverse like scoop shovel kind of thing. And they're always digging around, always digging around, always rooting around for stuff, especially with, you know, with bait on the ground. That's all they're doing is they're just, I mean, they're, they're loud. They don't care. And, and by the way, when you're, my experience has been like, if there's bait, um, there's probably about like a 10 yard, maybe even sometimes less than that, uh, buffer where they just don't care. Okay. If there's no bait on the ground, yeah, if they see movement, they're gone. If they smell you, they're gone. But 
you know, if you're sitting there, like literally out in the open on this ladder stand, you can do jumping jacks on this thing, yelling at them, and they might spook a little bit, but they're going to come back. And you can stand her up, you can stand up, move around, do whatever you want to do, uh, you know, flash, you know, pink neon signs, it doesn't matter. If there's if there's bait on the ground, they don't give a shit about you, okay? So you have time. You have time to shoot them, but you just got to wait for the right one. So anyway, um, I was there with my, with my K-Mag, and I uh, kind of <clears throat> just thought I took my time with this one pig and drew back, and the arrow flew perfectly, but because they never stopped moving, before the arrow got there, uh, I probably should have waited a little bit longer to, to shoot, but it, but it wasn't out of nerves. I let the arrow go. It moved away. I hit the one behind it, and the the one I was aiming at moved away. I hit the the pig behind it, and I hit that one right smack dab in the stomach. It ran off. We never found it. End of story. Um, yes, you do end up having to pay for the ones that you that you hit and don't recover. If you if if you stick an arrow in one of them, then you are paying for it. Okay, that's one of the things that you need to to keep in mind. So that one I felt like I did a pretty good shot at, but it, the arrow it was just it was just a confluence of the arrow not getting there and the pig moving and I'm hitting the and I, and I, I literally hit the wrong pig. So that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth because I really really wanted to get this thing down with a uh, you know with, with a trad bow. So uh, the year after that, I actually I think I went back to my 30 out six. Um, and then that takes us back to this year. Um, <clears throat> this is back in, I guess, the first or second week in November. We were down in Daytona. And uh, I was you know, kind of rushed down there. Basically, I was trying to book these things. So I, I literally will have like an afternoon, you know, like one afternoon to go and, and, and get this done, right? I'm assuming I get down there in time. This this time I actually drove down there with, uh, you know, with the dually and a you know little 28 foot trailer in tow, because uh, we had a bunch of other stuff down there. So I kind of bombed it down there, and uh, you know, I booked this thing for a I believe it was a Monday afternoon. Was I was able to get out there, you know, and I said, can you put me in that one stand that was here a couple of years ago, um, you know, with um, with uh, with my bow. And, you know, I told him, I said, look, I know you guys aren't like super keen on, you know, bow hunting. And I know you're not super keen, especially on traditional bow hunting, because, you know, I, I get it. I know if you make a bad shot, you know, your your guys are spending, you know, time chasing after wounded pigs, you know, in, in, in muck, you know, trying to find it. I, I get it. But I really, 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 I, I don't want to shoot one with my with my rifle anymore. I'm tired of it. I really want to shoot one with my bow. So the guy said, well, you know what? Bring both. He said, bring your, bring your, um, your trad bow and bring your compound. I said, okay, I haven't had the compound out in a while. And my thought was if I can get a good shot with my, with my, uh, with my trad bow. And I brought the Kodiak Magnum again, because it's the smallest one. It can actually fit in a, um, uh, it can actually fit in a bigger compound bow, uh, hard case, believe it or not. So that and my compound fit in the same case. So I brought that one down and I brought my compound, which is that 2011 Elite uh, Pure. And <clears throat> I was super confident. I mean, I've been, I mean, you, you know me, I keep saying I shoot every day. I shoot and I shoot and I shoot and I shoot and I tune and I shoot. And I'm like, okay, this is, I'm not going to make the same stupid mistake again. I'm not going to, you know. So we get to uh, the stand. Uh, you know, corn's already out there. Some more corn comes out, 
and I'm, you know, I'm waiting. And of course, I'm, I'm waiting on some of the bigger ones to come in. And um, if we haven't talked about it before, by the way, the, the, the size of a lot of these pigs, um, you know, for, forget about these hogzillas that you might see on TV that weigh like 300, 350, 400 pounds, something like that. Most of the hogs and most of these places are anywhere between like 60 pounds to probably about 120, 130. If they reach that big, it's kind of a rarity. Uh, they will have bigger ones, 150, 160, kind of, you know, 170 even, um, but it's 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 kind of a rarity. Uh, every now and then you'll have like a really you know what they call like a really big bastard kind of walking around there. But uh, the the ones the ones that I've shot most uh, are probably I don't think I've shot one under 100 pounds. And I don't think I've shot one over 140, which is still a pretty big pig. You know if you got if you think about it, it's about the size of you know like a decent doe, right? Um, so anyway, so I get there to the stand. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my time. I've got both my bows hanging there. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my time. And, you know, I drew, I, I found, you know, this, this one pig that I really wanted to shoot. And I came to full draw a couple times. I wasn't nervous. And I wasn't nervous. I didn't have buck fever or pig fever or whatever you want to call it. Um, I was calm. I'm like, don't make the same mistakes. Don't do, you know, don't just don't rush the shot. You got all afternoon. You got plenty of time, plenty of time. Wait for the absolute most perfect shot. Well, what do I end up doing? Um, I completely had a mental collapse, not because not out of nerves, not out of, um, you know, trying to rush it, not, not because I was nervous, not because I was, you know, uh, excited. Uh, I basically, I, I, I shot this thing. I drew and I shot, and I shot this thing, and I ended up hitting it right in front of the uh, the right rear uh, ham, basically like intestine, right? I didn't come. I didn't. Well, first of all, number one, I didn't pick a spot. Uh, number two, I didn't. I damn near. I, I know I didn't come anywhere near full draw. Uh, I certainly didn't hit my anchor, and I certainly didn't hit any kind of like expansion through my clicker or anything like that. Uh, I basically saw a pig and I shot a pig and I ended up hitting it right in front of, uh, in front of the leg. And as soon as I did it, I'm like, son of a bitch, I fucking did it again. And the, the level of dejection, the level of like, just pissed off at yourself. And I mean, I don't want to wound anything. Um, you know, long story short, I texted the guy, I said, Hey, um, you know, I shot one, shot one back. Uh, but you know, so anyway, so he came, we tried to look for it. We looked for it for about a couple hours, about an hour and a half, but I mean, there's, there's no way, there's no way there's absolutely zero blood. I mean, zero blood, no, no gut matter, no, nothing, no indication, uh, which way it went because you know, there's dozens of other hog tracks and stuff and snorting and stuff going on around you, you know, and you're trying to like, all, all you really have to go on is a general direction that this thing went off and hopefully you're going to try and find some blood that you can maybe find. And uh, after hour and a half of searching or so, I said, you know what, um, you know, we're, we're done. I mean, I, we're not going to find it. There's, there's not a single drop of blood that came out. And just the level of just being so upset with yourself is, is indescribable. Um, maybe it is describable to some of you guys if you've made like a bad shot. But out of the entire year, every single time I draw my bow back, every time... I, uh, you know, I, I'm tuning something. Every shot I'm taking, whether it's at, at the house or at the range or uh, indoor range, outdoor range, you know, elevated positions, squatting positions, turning, I mean, tree, everything. 
I try and try and try and try get the perfect shot for that one that one shot of glory and I completely completely fucked it up and it and it just it hurt so bad obviously it didn't hurt as bad as it hurt the pig because the poor pig is suffering now it's dead right and I'm sure the other pigs will come around and eat it and something else is going to eat it because there's plenty of things in Florida where I mean everything eats you you know um or any kind of you know uh you know anything that dies is consumed right but I mean the entire year I'd been waiting and training and training and practicing for that one shot and I completely had a mental collapse um, again not because I don't know why I don't know not because I was nervous not because I was I don't know I just basically just rushed through my shot and you know maybe I was a little too cocky with it thinking oh I got this because it was only about 13 yards 13 yards that's the distance that I've been telling everybody including you guys the audience that like that's my quote-unquote I got this distance you know my chip shot I got this I don't even have to think about a distance well guess what I guess I had to think about it because I didn't pick a spot um, it, it, it just all went to shit so um, the guy said what do you want to do and I said well I'm here and of course you get a discount for like your second hog or whatever and I said I'm gonna go sit um, for the, cause it was still like a couple hours of, of daylight left. And I said, I'm going to go sit and I'm going to wait to see if anything else comes out. And I've got my compound. And if something really, truly big comes in again, then I'm going to see if, if all the stars align, uh, then I'm going to shoot with my compound, which I'm obviously way more proficient in. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, I, I am. <laughs> so, um, we gave up on the other pig and I'm just sitting there beating myself up. I'm beating myself up. I'm still beating myself up. Uh, feeling like absolute shit because I let myself down for that one shot that I've been training for the other 364 days out of the year. I mean, that just, it just hurts. You know, it still hurts to think about it. So anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm only going to shoot something if it's worthwhile. Um, meaning if it's like, you know, a big, you know, it's worth, worth paying the extra for the, the second pig because, um, you know, I don't want to just shoot like a 60 pounder, you know, and, and pay whatever it is for that second hog. So anyway, I go back to that same stand. I'm sitting there and, uh, I've got my compound, I got my compound ready. And I wait about maybe like an hour, hour and a half or something like that. And then right about five o'clock, it gets dark about five thirty, I believe it was at the time. Um, about five o'clock ish, finally, uh, the other ones, you know, all the, all the picks kind of filter back in and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then there's, there's finally like this, this nice big one that comes in and, uh, I said, okay, uh, if this one gives me, uh, it was a sow. I said, if this one gives me a shot and I mean a perfect shot, I'm going to shoot it with my compound. It was a night, it was noticeably bigger than, than the other ones there. So, um, long story short. I waited about five minutes. I drew a couple times, let down a couple times because again, they never stop milling around. They never stop moving. And if one stops moving, then the the other like I don't know six, eight, whatever that you know that are in their in their in their group, kind of rooting around every you know everywhere, fighting each other, um, snarling at each other, snapping at each other, you know, because they're all fighting for food. Uh, if the one that you want to shoot stops, well then sure shit, there's another one that comes right in front of it and stops in front of the one that you want to shoot because um, that's just the way it goes. So uh, I drew back on this thing. And uh, I found a perfect opening and let the arrow go. Swoop, it went right through it. I mean, it was zipped right through it. Perfect. It was right behind. It was really, really tight. Um, I aimed like tight behind the shoulder. It was, uh, she was facing left. 
So I, sh I shot her on the left side. I was even videoing it. I'll show the video. Although the video, of course, wasn't in slow-mo. Uh, so the frame by frame isn't as, uh, you know, it's kind of choppy, you know. But it went right through. So I texted the guy, and he's like, yeah, I was watching it on, because they've got like a, a trail camera there too, because I was watching it on camera. Looked great. I'm like, thank God. You know, this feels good. It actually feels good to actually get a perfect shot on something the way I wanted to. Um, well, we're looking at it, and it from for what I thought was a perfect double lung right through the side, um, it turns out that this pig wheeled around almost almost like like 200 and well not 207 but almost less than 180 degrees but I mean it literally did a u-turn on the spot one arrow lengths distance from uh from my arrow actually hitting it you know so I'm kind of doing trying to do like a frame by frame on it we're trying to see you know what what the shot looked like and literally an arrow lengths distance away from the from my arrow actually hitting this pig this thing wheels around literally on the spot it rotates um and I ended up hitting it uh, he, what the, the, the guy thought, the guide thought I might've hit it kind of far back. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. But again, that was a perfect shot. As far as execution goes, the arrow was going exactly where it's supposed to go. But, uh, the pig kind of didn't cooperate, but, um, anyway, still looked like a good shot. Uh, I was shooting a, um, I'm only, I'm, I'm only shooting like, like 54 pounds on that thing. Uh, and it is a gold tip, uh, traditional 400 spine. It's, uh, and it's got a, um, 145 grains wiki escalite on the tip right not a lot of cutting diameter on that thing and uh, i'll get to that in a little bit actually too um because i've shot that thing and sharpened it and shot it and sharpened it just from practicing so much they initially start off those things at about an inch and a 16th wide and after i recovered this arrow i actually ended up measuring it back at home and it was it's barely one inch wide and of course you're also losing uh not just the width but you're losing length uh, and, and surface area, like slicing surface area, because every time you sharpen it, the whole thing just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like kind of, you know, eating, uh, you know, a, a dollop of ice cream, a scoop of ice cream kind of thing. It just kind of gets, you know, shorter and smaller all around. But um, anyway, so we get down and uh, there's blood right away. And I'm really, really optimistic. Well, then the blood starts to kind of peter out a little bit. It peters out, peters out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How is this thing like not dead? Um, we're following good. We lost the blood for a little while. Um, and again, there's kind of little creeks, uh, kind of flooded ditches, not even a creek, but like flooded ditches and puddles and, uh, another flooded ditch, you know, we had to cross and, uh, we went back and forth. Uh, long story short, we were on our hands and knees sometimes for almost an hour from my quote unquote perfect shot. And I'm like, how is this thing not dead? I mean, we've got blood, we've got spots of blood here and there and the pigs don't bleed very well as it is. And, um, anyway, long story short, about an hour later, finally run our hands and knees are under this, uh, peek up under this palmetto bush. And then the guide finally turns around, extends his hand. And he's like, congratulations. There she is. I'm like, Oh my God, thank God. Cause I'm like, there's no way I just shot two pigs in one day and lost both of them, you know, cause at, at, at a certain point I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This was absolutely a perfect, perfect shot. So anyway, we haul this thing out. Uh, turns out she's probably about 115 to 120 pounds. Nice, nice sow. And, uh, you can definitely see the entrance hole. I did end up getting, when we first dragged her out, we thought we might've had guts or something like that, at least on the entrance. Uh, luckily I didn't. When we, um, when we dragged her, dragged her back, skinned her out, did like an autopsy kind of thing. Uh, the way she had spun around, 
instead of hitting you know dead broadside um, actually she was a, she was even like quartering away from me just a little bit it would have been perfect um, but she spun down into her right away from me so it actually entered right behind the last rib but it didn't hit uh, it didn't hit stomach it didn't hit guts or anything like that and it angled forward so I did end up getting double lung this was a double lung hit um, hit pig and it still managed to go eh, managed to go a total of maybe like an 80 or 100 yards maybe and it took us an hour to find her I could not believe it and this thing like did not bleed very well um, and you know midway through the track I mean I was already like thinking of like okay I'm, I gotta switch if I'm gonna keep doing this I'm gonna switch bot heads because now I know some of you guys are thinking okay You've shot one animal with this broadhead, and this is your first pig with this broadhead, and all of a sudden you're making wholesale changes. Well, I don't know. All I can go on is the fact that I did not get a good blood trail out of this thing, and all my all I can think about is, man, those uh, those Simmons, you know, Simmons like swamp sharks or any other sharks or land sharks or whatever, um, you know, they they seem to put a whole lot bigger hole and uh, you know better blood trails from from what I can tell than than these do. I know those wikis will kill. But when you are in a situation where you absolutely need like a ton of blood to follow this thing, because all they have to do is run 20, 30 yards and they are, they're disappeared underneath these palmettos. I mean, it is so, so thick. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's jungle. I mean, it's thick, 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 thick jungle. And, you know, they could be hiding like, you know, like I said, in, in calf, you know, ankle to calf high uh, uh, palmetto, you know, bush and stuff, and you'd never find them. So it took us so long to find this thing. Um, so immediately I was like, okay, well, pass through wasn't a problem. The weight, you know, it was like four, they weigh 455 grains. So, you know, that obviously wasn't a problem. It went right through. But um, I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I, I need to, I need to step up my, uh, my broadhead game to something that's a little bit wider cut. Um, you know, and so... I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I haven't settled on uh, exactly what yet, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm testing uh, swamp sharks out of my trad bow, and I'm probably going to try the land sharks uh, out of my out of my compound. So anyway, we drag this thing back. Uh, finally, feeling elated because I actually shot oh, this was a nice nice pig. Uh, the pictures, uh, if you see on Instagram, of course, they make the pig look a lot bigger than it really is, and it you know. You know, some guys will kneel down like, you know, like a couple feet behind it, you know, to make the, you know, the proportions look off, obviously. I don't do that kind of crap. I mean, everyone that said, oh, it's a huge, huge hog. And I'm like, okay, <clears throat> I actually kind of dispel some of that saying it's really not as big as as it looks, but it's still about 100, you know, 115, 120 pound animal. And it was, it was, it was nice. So um, I had her all, uh, uh, you know, took her back at the, at the hotel I was staying at. It's kind of like a, I wouldn't say bed and breakfast, but they've got like kitchenettes and a full size, uh, fridge and, you know, freezer and that kind of stuff. So I was able to actually process, uh, everything there at, at, you know, when I took her back to the room, um, uh, obviously we, we quartered out the, the animal at, at the place, but you know, I, I took all the meat. I, you know, I, uh, I, I cut it up into primal cuts. I cut and wrapped it. I cleaned it all up. Um, you know, cut away all the fat, cut away all whatever. Um, and, uh, the only thing I wasn't able to save off of that cause it was, it was too bloodshot was, uh, the off, the offside, uh, rib cage was a little too, uh, was a little too bloody. 
and everything else, uh, you know, I had, I had already brought down uh, in my little cooler, you know, some uh, some masking tape. I brought down uh, butcher paper, you know, um, just to, because I know, I'm, you know, if I shoot something, I'm going to be able to wrap this thing up. And I froze the thing. I froze the thing solid, and it stayed until, uh, you know, I left to, to drive home. And it stays in a cooler, and it was rock solid by the time I got home, too. I mean, it's that's that's really not a, that's really not a problem. So, so anyway... Um, I think we kind of touched a little bit on on equipment. Now, you're going to hear a lot of stuff about how like older boars, bigger boars have this like big shield over the rib cage. You know, um, yes, they do. I haven't shot anything myself that has something that big, but I'm going to tell you, uh, seeing what I saw with the way that that first, the very very first pig that I shot. Uh, they are tough to kill. They are very, very hardy. They do not want to die. They don't die easy. Okay, that is that is for sure. Unless you get them, you know, like literally, like in the head, uh, behind the ear, right through the brain, they'll go down. But otherwise, they are inc- incredibly tough. They're incredibly tough animals, and they take a couple shots to bring down. Sometimes that's number one. That's just with a rifle. Uh, from what I've seen with uh with bow hunters with uh, other bow hunters that you know um that that i've seen that have shot them you know firsthand and my experience with it is uh you need you need something that's going to make them bleed and get a big hole penetration is key two holes is key now this this arrow that i shot wasn't exactly super heavy i wasn't going super fast my bow was not not that fast it's uh, like i said it's uh that 455 grain arrow was going 221 feet per second okay that's dog ass slow for any compound uh you know shooter you know but it went it went straight through but you really can't go wrong with a heavier arrow you know i mean i probably wouldn't want to go anything lower than that I'm sure it's been done, but uh, what I really want to do is kind of up the uh, the cutting diameter of of that broadhead if I'm going to keep shooting him with with my compound, and um, I'm going to carry over that kind of philosophy to my uh, my recurve. So, um, so lessons learned from that, I guess, is. I'm, I'm going to say this in a way that I'm, I'm trying not to like minimize the life of, of the pig or in, in any in any way, shape, or form. What I learned from doing this twice now, I made two bad shots. Well, one the first time I shot with the recurve a couple years ago, the shot was great. The pig moved. Okay, it ended up being a bad shot, but the shot was actually perfect the way I wanted it to go, and uh, I lost it. And this year when I completely had a mental collapse and got sloppy, I just got sloppy, um, you know, I ended up having to pay for that pig, you know, and it gets, it can get, it can get expensive. I think if I'm going to, and I'm going to do this again, if I keep, if I keep doing this again, if I go to one of these pay to pay, pay to play places, you know, pick your pork, like I say, um, I can probably tell you I'm going to take my compound. Now, some of you, Hardcore traditionalists will say, oh, you know, pigs are made for, you know, you know, trad bow hunting up close, you know, super exciting. Yeah, you know, I get it. That's fine. But it's one thing if you're going to go on like private land or you're going to go on a WMA and you just have your license, which is a whole lot cheaper than like, the you know, the 225 bucks or 275 or whatever it is these places are going to charge you. And if you make a bad shot, that's a lot of money out the door. Now, I know it sounds bad that you're putting a price tag, a, a value, a worth, if you will, on the life of an animal. It's like, oh, well, it's okay if I wound one in the wild, but, you know, I don't have to pay for it as much. I know I know that sounds bad, um, but w- 
I, I don't even know how to say that without sounding bad, but you know, you, it, it is going to hit the wallet a lot harder if you, for, you know, the consequences financially for screwing up are a lot higher. Okay. I'm just going to say it that way. So if you're going to go and you're going to have, um, you know, you, you want a bow hunting, sorry, for me, if I'm going to go and I'm going to have a bow hunting experience, um, at least for the next, you know, several pigs that I shoot, I'm going to probably do it with my compound at the places where I'm paying for them because I know that I have a much higher percentage chance uh, of, of hitting where I want to hit um, because I'm way more proficient with it. I mean, it's just straight up honesty, way more proficient with, with, with the compound. Uh, not that it would be, not that it's more satisfying with a compound. It would be way more satisfying if I shot the thing with my trad bow. Absolutely. But you know, it was still fun enough and it was still a challenge enough to me that it's, uh, it's, it's better than a rifle. I don't ever want to do it with a rifle again. You know, um, I don't want to say never, but I just don't have any interest in, in, in doing it anymore now. Um, but I do have that, ex you know, the excitement and the thrill or whatever of shooting the thing with my compound. And that's probably what I'm going to do, knowing that I can make a better shot, um, knowing that my arrow is probably going to get there a little bit quicker and knowing that I can probably use a wider cut broadhead, definitely, uh, to, to get that job done. Now, if I'm going to go... Um, public land, WMA, private land, if I ever get invited anywhere, you know, kind of thing, then, um, then I probably would want to do it myself with a traditional bow. Um, but that would probably be more of a stock, spot and stock situation. And, uh, I, I don't know, it just seems different because with spot and stock, even though we, we say pigs never stop moving with spot and stock, they are probably not moving as much as an excited, agitated, I mean, like corn hungry, uh, kind of tweaked out, you know, flock of pigs, uh, that are over, uh, that are under a corn feeder. Cause they just go nuts. They just go ape shit for this stuff. <clears throat> and they're way more to, to my, to my, to my, cause I have seen them in the wild. Um, just never got close enough to them. But I mean, they're not moving around going crazy like this. Uh, you know, just if you're kind of spot and stock, kind of sneak up on them, they may be trotting, they may be moving, but they're not like just going kind of ape shit, you know, twirling around, uh, you know, digging up stuff, you know, constantly moving left, right, they're almost gyrating these things uh, when, when they're by uh, when they're by a feeder. So um, I think it, it would lend itself to uh, it would lend itself uh better to, to traditional you know with the recurve traditional bow hunting that kind of stuff um spot and stock in the wild but you know again that's just my thing if i'm going to be paying for the thing i'm probably going to be taking my compound and i still like shooting my compound you know don't get me wrong you know i, I, I want to get stuff with my with my trad bow uh still have not shot anything and recovered it with my trad bow but um you know i i don't i didn't feel bad for shooting it with my compound in fact i, I felt like i made a really really nice shot and i did make a really really nice shot but it just goes to show you how fast these things are i didn't think a pig could twirl um, duck, duck and twirl down and to the right and twist almost like I said, and, and you know, do like a 180 on the spot. Uh, I know deer do that. I didn't think a pig could do that that much, but this one did. I got lucky. Um, and it actually ended up, uh, like I said, it ended up twirling away and the arrow still came in behind the rib, got both lungs and out, out the, um, the offside lung. But, you know, <clears throat> a couple more inches and I would have, I would have had stomach, um, so you, you never know, but anyway, so the, the equipment, the equipment that we're going to use that I'm going to use that you should consider using is definitely something as, as, uh, a heavy arrow is great because I haven't hit, um, 
uh, I, I didn't hit bone. I didn't hit uh, uh, you know scapula or anything like that. But if you do, I mean, you really, I mean, those 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 pig bones are pretty tough. You know, I don't know that they're any really tougher than a uh, a deer. Um, some people, some people, you know, say they are. I'm really not sure. Depends on the size of the hog, I guess. But they do have a lot of thick hair, and they're usually caked in mud. Um, and that I can vouch for. I've heard that a lot. You've probably heard the lot. I can, I can definitely vouch for the fact that these things are caked in mud. They've got lots of thick, coarse hair, and by the time uh, you know, your broadhead kind of cuts through the hair and then the hide and then the fat and then that, that cartilage, uh, and, and, and maybe even, you know, through a rib, you know, it hasn't even gotten to the good stuff yet and it could be completely dull, you know? So you need a sharp, sharp, absolutely shaving sharp broadhead. You need, I would say, in my opinion, a wider cut broadhead, but something that, you know, don't, don't sacrifice, uh, penetration for width. Okay. So you need, you need both. And uh, I think I'm going to try and find a good balance, uh, trying to find a good balance with that. Um, okay, so we've covered weapons. We've covered, uh, you know, shot placement. Shot, uh, maybe I didn't cover shot placement. Shot placement, uh, you know, you've, you've heard it a thousand times. It's, the, the, the vitals are, are tucked up a little bit more forward. Uh, then, then you, then you would find, let's say, in a typical deer, uh, they're not like right behind. Well, they are, but you know, you probably wouldn't want to shoot just right behind the shoulder, right behind the, uh, the shoulder, like you would with a deer. Uh, well, even with a deer, you want to go right up the leg. You don't want to go behind the shoulder because it's a little farther back than 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 you, you really need to be. But um, with a pig, you really, really want to try and get that quartering away and tuck it in, uh, angling forward. That way. You can get maybe behind some of that cartilage, although that cartilage does come back on bigger boars uh, quite a ways back. So there's really no, you know, by, by the time you try to like sneak it in behind the rib cage, I mean, you're almost going to get guts. And I don't think that's a shot that I'd, I'd suggest taking, but I would suggest taking a quartering away shot that you're just going to angle, you know, forward, uh, you know, through, through the, the, the chest cavity, basically try to, you know, hit, hit the uh, close side um, uh, rib cage but try to get the offside shoulder you know that's you know that's kind of the 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 best um um shot placement advice you know i can give same with if you're going to shoot them with a rifle although with the rifle if you've got a scope if you you know a lot of mine are are, are kind of iron sights and I'm, I'm pretty good with them but um you know behind the ear you know headshot uh if you hit them from what i understand like i said like that that anecdote with that guy with the uh 4570 bouncing off the skull you know the front of the skull is pretty tough but if you you know trying to kind of go behind the ear or the base of the neck that's a lot that's a lot weaker so if you can get a shot angling away then uh, that's probably going to be uh, a better shot for you however the problem i'm going to just just a little caveat with that the problem with a lot of um the places where like, like the feeder places is you're set up facing the feeder and the way these pigs work is they start usually like under the feeder and then they work their way out okay because they know that out is danger so they so they start they start at the feeder or underneath the feeder and then they kind of work their way away from the feeder because they have to because they're still you know uh you know hopped up on uh you know cuckoo corn right so uh just by default they're actually facing towards you a lot of times they're actually not going away in a, in a good quartering away 
um, uh, you know, b- uh, posture, body posture, but they're actually kind of quartering towards you or coming towards you. So you really have to wait until they kind of turn for some reason and they'd have to turn almost like 90 degrees or more than 90 degrees for you to get a good shot on them. Uh, and, and I found that was the hardest part is to, is to wait for these things because they're constantly like facing you. They're coming towards you um, as they as they work their way out outward, you know, but you know, they're kind of facing away from you. So you got to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of patience with that. But uh, try not to take, um, you know, head on shots. You can with uh, I mean, I, I shot I shot a bunch like, you know, straight on literally right right through the center of the eyes with my 30 out six, you know, but again, uh, if if you can base of the neck, you know, behind the ear, that's probably a more safe bet with a rifle and definitely quartering away uh is, is, is a better, you know, safe bet with, uh, with, with, with the bow and arrow. Now, um, meat care, lastly, meat care. What, uh, you know, what do you do to get the stuff home? Well, it all depends. Um, I basically, I don't have a fancy cooler. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the cooler right now. I'm recording this in my garage right now. It's trying not to wake anybody up because all my family's sleeping. I'm actually in my car recording this. Um, and, uh, I'm looking at this igloo, you know, 60 quart, uh, you know, cube cooler. It's got the little rolling wheels. It's pretty chintzy, but it's, it's had a lot of pig meat in it and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of dead animals in there, a bunch of deer in it too. Um, so I'll take that thing down and, you know, I've been lucky enough that, uh, I, th- I think all but one time, you know, I, I flew down one time, but every other time I've actually like either driven down there, you know, for work and it's been in the trailer or, you know, in the truck or whatever. And I just kind of take that and, you know, I show up to the place with a cooler full of ice, at least a bag of ice. You don't need a couple bags just yet. You know, you show up with like a bag of ice and should you shoot something, then they, like I said, they butcher it for you. Um, if you're on public land, if you do it yourself and butcher it, put it in there. And how do you get it home? Well, you know, if you can, I definitely just like any other, any other meat, if you shoot a deer, uh, you'll get a thousand, you know, not a thousand, but you probably get like a half a dozen, um, you know, responses or ideas of what people think you should be doing. You know, you should just let it sit there. Uh, you should keep draining the water, you know, drain it for several days or just keep it on whatever I keep it. I drain it once. Um, and what I've been able to do is, like I said, I've been able to actually cut and wrap the meat you know, the way I'm going to, that way it's already processed. All I got to do when I come home is take it out of the cooler and stick it in the freezer. Okay. I've been lucky enough to be able to freeze the thing, um, all, all the meat, uh, almost every single time. Uh, I think a couple times I brought it back on ice again, not, not too bad. Um, you know, you probably don't want to, you know, shoot the thing on a Monday and not be able to get the thing frozen or anything like that. And, you know, leave for home like the following like Monday or Sunday or whatever, like I had to this time. However, this time I was able to, like I said, do it, shoot it, cut it, wrap it, freeze it. And, um, I kept it in a, uh, you know, I kept it in, in the freezer and, uh, it just went right from the freezer into the cooler for the ride home. And, you know, coming up from Florida, I live in Minnesota, obviously after the first day of driving, it's cool enough outside that nothing's going to melt anyway. And in any, you know, unless even in the shittiest of shitty coolers, um, you can do that. Now, if you need to freeze something and you don't have access to a freezer, okay, after all this stuff has been cut and wrapped, what it doesn't even have to be. They have to be cut and wrapped, but uh, you can definitely use dry ice. Now, some people are going to tell you don't use dry ice; it's going to, you know, burn the, you know, burn the meat, blah blah blah. Well, you're going to burn. First of all, 
if you're careful, you're not going to burn the meat. But would you rather burn a little bit of meat? You know, freezer burn a little bit of meat or lose the entire thing? Well, duh, that's a, that, that, that's a, that's a stupid question. Now, not every place sells dry ice, but I found that, uh, I don't know, like like 10 pounds will freeze. 10 pounds of dry ice will probably freeze that entire cooler. And what you do with the dry ice, uh, what I do with the dry ice is, of course, I've got um, the meat on the bottom, and then I'll take like a towel. Um, I don't recommend, I don't officially quote unquote recommend this, but you can take your, you know, hotel towel, one of the hand towels or whatever, or newspaper, and cover the top of that meat, and then put um, the dry ice on top of that. That way you've got a physical barrier between the meat itself and the dry ice because the dry ice will burn and uh, then you just you shut the lid and you leave it. Okay, if you're going to be home in three, four days or whatever, shut the trust me on this one, shut the lid and leave it. Even if the dry ice kind of sublimates away, which is what it does, it turns into carbon dioxide, it will have frozen all that meat. And even if it's not 100% solid frozen, it's still a lot colder than it is in your in your refrigerator. And how long does meat stay in your refrigerator? Days and days and days and days. You're fine. Don't open the damn lid, okay? Bring the thing home. Now, flying with meat, I don't know. There's all kinds of... Um, uh, um, uh, you know, ideas on, on how to fly with meat. You can put it in like one of those like, Yeti hopper kind of things. You can put it into a uh, cooler with dry ice uh, and, and kind of and, and seal it. Uh, some airlines will, you know, dry ice expands or the, the, the gas that's given off expands and they don't want like, you know, lids popping off on the thing. It won't be like a bomb or anything, but um, a lot of airlines will, you know, limit, you know, X many pounds of, of dry ice or, or whatever. I don't know. You know, do you're going to have to do some sort of research search on that but if you're going to go down there and um and drive it back driving it back i'm telling you is the easiest thing get the thing frozen um you know if it's gonna be a while like several days like multiple multiple days uh you know freeze the thing with dry ice and leave the lid shut bring it back if you want to keep putting like regular ice in it you know which may get more expensive you know because you keep constantly having to put ice in it depending how good your cooler is my mine cooler is not all that great you know it's not like a premium like cooler or anything like that uh then you can just put uh you know regular you know bags of ice in there that's fine you can do that not a problem and uh, bring it home and, uh, you know, either process it at home or, like I said, what I do is I most of the time I've actually processed it, cut, wrapped it, whatever, um, and it just goes right into uh, right into the freezer when I go home. I don't even have to do anything because everything is just pretty much packaged up, labeled, you know, ready to go. So those are your options. Uh, you can probably look into um, to flying with meat. Uh, I know the meat eater... Uh, guys have, have, have talked about it, you know, a bunch of times. I'm sure other people have talked about it a bunch of times. I don't have any experience with it, but you can fly with meat. You just, with frozen meat, you just got to make sure the thing is absolutely frozen and, um, you know, what to do about the, uh, the dry ice and carbon dioxide that comes off of it and, uh, you know, what, what each uh, airline will limit and, and that kind of stuff. So, and you can actually check it as a uh, check baggage. So, you know, that that may or may not get expensive. I don't know. I think the cheapest option is, you know, if you're down there with a family vacation uh, or for work or whatnot and you drove down there, cooler, freeze it, or put it on ice, take it home. It's not that big a deal, okay? I mean, if guys uh, out west can... Um, you know, can take care of, you know, an entire like elk for many, many days without even getting it on ice before they even get it on ice. You know, the thing is hung up and, and dried and, and, and whatever. You're not going to have a problem with this stuff. So um, how does the meat taste? I've never had 
uh, a bad, uh, I, I've never had bad wild pig. Now, actually, no, I'm a one, one, I guess, kind of batch of meat that I got from a buddy of mine. That was actually the, uh, that when I was telling you, I, I took a couple, a couple of friends from work, uh, for their first time. That was the year that I shot uh, and I did the first time I shot with my recurve and didn't recover that one. I didn't shoot anything else, and uh, they kind of felt bad for me, so they gave me some meat. One of the pigs that he had shot uh, when I was cooking it had a little bit of an off. Fl- I mean, like a little bit of an off smell. I mean, I mean a very, very, very little. But out of probably the like ten to a dozen pigs that I've shot personally, not a single one of them, not a single one of them, tasted or smelled bad. It is. Um, it's very lean. Um, there can be fat on them, you know, uh, and honestly, it to me, it doesn't taste all that much different from domestic pork, honestly, um, depending where you get your pork, you know, if it's like overly, uh, you know, antibiotic and, and all that stuff, then it can probably taste a little bit different, but, um, you know, pretty much any, any wild pig that I've, that I've had personally that I've shot has tasted absolutely wonderful. Now I haven't shot anything over, I don't think 140 pounds. And I haven't, you know, if you shoot some of these like 200, you know, 180, 200, 250 pound boars that are just all like, you know, rutted up and, um, you know, uh, hormoned up and things like that, natural hormones, you know, um, you know, and and they're looking to breed and they're, you know, then I, I've heard stories, firsthand stories of like, it's just absolutely inedible. Like they couldn't even skin, you know, they skinned it and it was just smell gross, but you know, the places where you're going to go, you're probably not going to shoot Hogzilla unless you pay for one of these places and you're just doing it as like a trophy kind of thing, which, you know, whatever, have at it. I don't, you know, not my thing. Uh, I shoot these things to eat them. And so most of these pigs, like I said, are going to be anywhere that you're, that you're probably going to shoot are going to be genuine, genuine from 80 pounds to about like 100, 110, 115 pounds, right? And mine, like I said, have been, I've kind of held out for some of the bigger ones because I want to get more bang for the buck. <clears throat> You know, the, the the smallest one I think I've ever shot was probably uh, 90 pounds, um, and the biggest one was about 140. So, and not a single one of any of those have ever had any kind of off flavor. I make, I'll make like, you know, uh, shit, I'll make everything out of them. I mean, you got, you got your roast, you got uh, your, um, your back straps, your, your uh, loins. Uh, the ribs are fantastic, um, depending how meaty they are. Some of them aren't as meaty as others, but I mean, just like deer ribs, you know, the ribs are fantastic. Um, the hams are, you know, the, the rear roasts are fantastic. I'll make it into jerky. I'll make it into sausage. I'll make it into, I mean, everything. I, the, it's really, really good stuff. Whatever you do with deer, you can do with, uh, with pork. You probably wouldn't want to make, um, like pork burgers, but you can. You know, you can, absolutely you can. Or you can make it into breakfast patties, breakfast sausage, summer sausage. I've made all of it. So um, I will be doing a um, uh, a cooking and processing uh, podcast in the future. And we'll talk all kinds of stuff about, you know, how, how to cook some of the stuff, how to make some of the stuff, uh, you know, at home on your own. But uh, as far as the peanut pig flavor goes, uh, I've, I've never personally never had anything whatsoever anywhere near being you know uh 
bad or anything like that. It doesn't taste, it doesn't taste gamey. It doesn't taste all that different from from domestic pork. It's just, it tastes a little bit different, but not you know not much. Not 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 like uh, the difference where deer it tastes that much different than let's say like like a deer tastes like drastically different than domestic cow, right? the the difference isn't so great with uh with pork and uh and, and wild and wild hogs so anyway <clears throat> so those are kind of my uh that's kind of my recap i guess uh of my hog hunting experience uh which granted again for uh bow hunting is ab- it's very very limited um i'm kind of like one for three uh with that and uh again lots of lots of lessons learned um I'm still going to keep trying. I'm still going to keep uh still going to keep going, you know, hog hunting and uh trying to shoot one with uh, you know, with a bow. Uh because that is that is a ton of fun. If you're looking to try, if you're looking to get into this, I know the podcast is called Bow Hunting Soul, but a lot of us will pick up rifles and and, and other weapons too. And if you haven't done something like this and you're you're going on a family trip, let's say you're being dragged to Disney, you know, like I'm being dragged to Disney again this year. Um try to work in one of these things. It's relatively, you know, inexpensive. Uh, try to work it so that it's near the end of the trip. So like I said, you can, you know, get the stuff on ice and then bring it home with you. Um, do it with a rifle if it's your first time. Uh, and, you know, you will get that whole sense of like, it's a little mini um, dangerous game hunt, you know. Uh, you, you hear them, you know, there's nothing quite like when you you know, when it's dusk or if you have like an early morning hut, let's say, and it's pitch black and you hear this thing snort and growl and snarl and squeal like, you know, like five, ten yards away from you and you can't see anything. Or if you're up in a stand and you can hear them underneath you and they're growling and fighting and gnashing at each other. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool. And, and I think a lot of the... Um, the price that people are okay paying for, you know, uh, you know, these these wild, uh, wild hog, you know... Um, you know, pick and pick, pick your pork kind of uh, places is you're paying for the experience of, uh, of, of all that, you know, you have the sights, the sounds, the smells, the, the kind of, um, uh, perceived, you know, danger kind of thing. It's all part of the experience. So it's, and it's all good and fun. So anyway, um, I know I'm, I'm kind of dragging on this episode a little bit longer, but Anyway, that's what I did. Check out the video. Uh, you know, I don't even know if this video is... I'm going to post the video uh, for, for a while. Um, but when it does come out, go check out the Boning Soul YouTube channel. And um, let's see what else. Definitely, I hope you guys had a good Christmas. Um, I had a, I had a, I had a very good Christmas. Hopefully, everything is uh, prosperous for you guys in the new year. If you guys would definitely please leave a rating, that is absolutely huge. If there's one thing I ask anybody, any of you guys to do is please, 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 please leave a rating and then share this podcast. If you found any value in this whatsoever, share this podcast with uh, your bow hunting friends, your hunting friends, your your foodie friends, because uh, we will get, like I said, we will be getting into talking about food and, and, and wild game and that kind of stuff too as we go into the, the colder winter, you know, longer winter months where there's nothing going on as far as hunting goes. So uh, with all that said, thank you for joining me and I will talk to you guys again next week. Thanks.